The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I just trained so hard, and this is my reward, you know, that's what I want, this is my life. Marvin, the Italian dream! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, a post-Christmas show. We hope everybody had a great holiday. Um, I'm very stressed today. I've been traveling, so uh, let's get right down to it. We have uh, um, Marvin Vittori is in the waiting room, and uh, we don't want to make Marvin wait i'm happy he was available to come on today well jimmy you could have said hello i know you should. oh hello guys sorry man. Oh, i mean sorry. no to me not to the you i apologize you're right to i'm me. stressed jimmy I, just... I don't want you to be stressed i want you to sit back i want you to let me take the wheel i didn't think you're... i was going to get here on time i know i know i thought maybe i had to do this by my like start it by myself and you join in because of um circumstances but look at this look who we have on hey marvin we have the italian dream hello Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. How are you? We did not. I'm good. I'm good. We did not speak to the Italian Dream. We spoke to him before his last fight. That's right. Not since. Uh, Where are you now? So I'm actually in Italy now, chilling for a little bit for Christmas and New Year's Eve. So I'll I'll be back in California around the 10th of uh, of January and uh, back training and and getting ready for the next one. How was how, your, uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. How how was your Christmas? Was it nice? Was it good? It must have been even extra special after the, the that nice victory you had. It was good. It was was awesome. Man. It was awesome. Even though it's uh, everything is closed even here, but you know, passing it with family and uh, and friends and everybody, it's obviously super great. And yeah, man, that no, was good. Finally, to to enjoy Christmas after you know a good win. And even though I cannot really like chill completely because I'm always thinking about training, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> still good so it, was, it was awesome that's a good thing yeah. hey Marvin is there any Christmas specials or shows that you watch like every year I love the Christmas story you ever see the Christmas story with little Ralphie and he gets mounted on the bully and he's like beating the shit out of him you ever see that movie no I don't think I did it's a classic over here I gotta, I gotta see it Jimmy, you saw the Christmas story. yeah that's where his tongue gets stuck to the thing right they double triple dog dead him the little yeah. kid to put his tongue to a cold pole instead it would stick. So that kid, and it's stuck on a pole. 
Yeah. Never mind. It's a good oh, movie. It's just a lot of times, a lot of times they have like different names because I wasn't in Italian. So yes. I don't recognize the, 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 the title of it, but I think I did watch that, that movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember that scene where, where the kid put the, the, the tongue out. Dude, he got mounted. He must have had those Gracie tapes back in the day because he got mounted <laughs> on that bull. And he was just beating the shit out of this redheaded ginger kid. It was so great. All right. Back to Emily. And Marvin, I, I don't know if the rankings matter to you, but you're number five now. I mean, I'm not sure where you were right before that, but you, you, you must be happy with where you're at after that. That was incredible. But actually, they just changed it today, and I'm number four for some reason. Okay, we, don't have the up, we don't have the updated one. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So, yeah, it was kind of weird. I like but, that after your fight that you weren't shy on, on naming some names. Darren Till was one of them. Paul Costa yeah. got a lot of people saying, ooh. I was one of them. I went, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds exciting. You know? He never said anything back, though. He never said anything back. He never even acknowledged my, my call-out. It's, it's, it's whatever, man. I think he's not going to – I don't think he belongs to, to the top five, to be honest. But it's okay. I mean, like you said, I called out everybody. I was too excited, I guess. So. Well, deserving so you so, man. Deserving you yeah. so to be excited. I mean, that fight, first of all, it was an amazing fight. You know, it was a great fight. And props to Jack for hanging in there after that first round, man. So, I mean, in your fight, it was a week earlier than you thought you'd be fighting. You were supposed to fight Mm -hmm. Takare Souza. Souza. Yeah. Oh, did you see his fight with Kevin Holland, by the way? Yeah, man. Like, it was a little, like, props to Kevin Holland. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take anything away from Kevin Holland, but. It was a little bit weird, man. Like you know, like from from top position, such a guy, such such a phenom in, in, in the ground, like a guy like Jacques Ray, you know. Like, but you know, I feel like Kevin Holland has a very weird way of fighting, and yeah, it was it's good, but it was a weird fight. I feel, I feel. Yeah, that was such an odd. I, I've never seen anyone get knocked out like that. I mean, I, I've seen well, most things. I think. Have you seen anybody come off the back like that and 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 kind of sling themselves into a punch that way? I saw a few fights ending up like that, but never like very, very high level fights. You know, like it's kind of weird. It's 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 weird, but you know, like it's a fight, so it's not that like you know. Sometimes unorthodox stuff works too. And right. Sometimes they're the things that work the most because you don't expect them. Yeah, like I was like, I was like, like he got taken down right from the from the get go, and I'm like, man, like he's not gonna be a good fight for Kevin Holland. Then I see like. Him being active, like getting into kind of like those situations where like you should be able to like deal with them easily, but you get you get stuck with them, like you know, like when he got like in the, that in that triangle where he looked like like he wasn't it wasn't a close triangle, but it was like um, it wasn't close, but it was getting punched a lot, and then I'm like, eh, it's kind of weird, you know, but. Good. It's, you know, good fight and uh, props to Kevin Holland. Yeah, but it was a weird fight, for sure. It was a weird fight, yeah. Well, Kevin's a weird dude in a good way. I mean, I yeah. like Kevin. And then the way he fights is very unorthodox, very relaxed. And he's got Travis Luter, uh, a well, well-known well black belt. I mean, world-class. And uh, he's used to that pressure on top. So that's where I thought he'd be used to some of the pressure that Jockaway would be, would be, would be bringing because of his mm-hmm. trainer. Uh, Travis Luter. But let me tell you about well-roundedness, man. I was impressed. Jack Hermanson came out that second round deep on that single. And you just were not accepting that shit. And you ended up reversing him. You outgrappled Jack. And Jack's a stud on the floor. So I thought that was very impressive. 
Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I wasn't, you know, I was like, I I respect his ground, but I wasn't fearing his ground at all. I knew, I knew, like, I don't fear anybody in the ground. In anybody in the grappling department, I don't, I don't fear, I don't fear anybody. Like, I don't feel like anybody can control me more than ten seconds. Even if they get a good position on me, there's no way they're gonna keep it. So, you know, I, like I said, like, I'm not, I'm such a complete fighter. I mean, I, I split basically evenly my training all the time like it's not that i focus more on striking than, than grappling and vice versa i always split evenly all my training i can make adjustment depending on the guy that i'm fighting but you know i i more or less train every discipline almost evenly so i'm ready man and, and i put in the work like i always train it's not that i take time off it's not that i take like you know it's not that i just train for camp so i keep improving too and I don't fear anybody. I feel like in the top five is actually, I think I have by far the best grappling in the top five. And um, who's out there? Yeah, by far. Like, there's nobody that can match my ground, actually. In, in my grappling in general, I feel. Jack was the other grappler that was good in, 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 in the higher rankings in the division. But after that, I don't think anybody can even come close to match my, 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 my grappling. The the fight before yours, um, when 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 Jack fought uh, your teammate Kev, Kelvin uh, Gasolin and got him in uh, that that nasty heel hook. Yeah. Did Kelvin tell you like, look, man, don't let this dude get on your fucking legs or something like? Because Kelvin's not an easy guy to tap either. No, no, I mean, but I I feel like, and I told him too, is just like, I don't know what happened there, but he clearly made a mistake. I mean, obviously Jack did good. But I feel like it was more of a mistake off of, of Calvin in, in, in the defense, I feel like. Because he, he kind of freezed over there. And, I mean, you know, he, Calvin is my boy. But at the same time, you know, he's, if you make a mistake, it's, I think it's good to recognize it. And I think he kind of make a mistake, made a mistake there. And, and, and uh, I knew, and I, but I knew, like, I was like, what the hell? Why is he not turning around like, like the way I did, basically? But he kind of froze. And, you know, Jack is, is a very experienced guy. And very opportunistic in a way like if he goes for something like if he gets something he's gonna go for it really hard and he got it but i feel like jack was good but i think it was a little more of a mistake off of uh, of calvin and uh and i knew man and i i was working a lot of defense like i had name and gracie on my in my in my corner man like i was gonna bring that up first of all i love name and gracie he's a great fighter great and a great kid what a what a nice yeah what a good he's a super nice guy man. How did you become friends with Neiman Gracie? Because I saw that and you got the mask on. He's got so I'm like, wait a minute. And I didn't know until afterwards. I'm like, oh shit, it's Neiman. Because I know him from he was in the city before I think he moved out by yeah. how did you become friends with Neiman? He's training. No, no, he moved. He moved to California now to train at Kings. So so he's there now. That's yeah. great. That's a great that's a great addition. Yeah. It's a it's a super nice addition, man. I was so happy he came and since you know I asked him and I thought like you know. I asked him to be my corner, and since he said yes, I was so happy. I, I was so confident in any kind of defense because his guillotine and his leg locks are. I, I knew they were they're, they're better than Jack Romanson's uh, leg lock and and, and 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 guillotine. So I, I went in so confident. Like his guillotine is nasty, man. Like like David Gracie had some crazy jujitsu, some MMA crazy jujitsu. Like MMA his MMA jujitsu is just crazy. Like it's whenever he goes for something, it's 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 a pain in the ass. So. I was like, um, I was very confident. And the fact that he was there was also like a very, a, a good, a source of like, like he was giving me a lot of like, 
calmness, you know, like the fact that he was there in the corner. And even throughout the whole fight week, we trained a lot of like leg lock defenses and like uh, and then guillotine defenses, yeah. back defenses. And uh, I was I was confident, man. But at the same time, I was respecting his ground because I was actually surprised the way like uh, he was he was active from the from the bottom. Like he was like people are, like a few people asked me like why weren't you punching him? Because I was like man, like this guy was super active. Like he was looking for for grips. He was trying to uh, get under me. He was really like you you can tell Jack is a guy that trains trains on his back a lot too. Oh yeah. Like he he's. He's not just like the top guy. He he, he trains jujitsu on his back too. Like I feel like a lot of MMA guys don't do that that much anymore, but I'm sure he does because he was very active. Like he had like those three four things he kept trying to do to me, and um, you can see uh, one time he tried to elevate me and get under, and he, I don't let him. But you know the one of the facts why I wasn't that active punching him is because he was very active with his guard. So props to. To his, grand, to his ground game. But I feel like after him now, in the top five, in the like, if we're talking about grappling, there's not, nobody that is really that great, to be honest. I mean, uh, Costa seems like the most logical fight because Cannonier lost to Whitaker. Um, Whitaker may get the next shot at the title. I, I don't know. But would, would Costa be, uh, if he doesn't respond to you or if he doesn't want the fight, he may think he's entitled to the next title fight, which he's not. Um, would you be willing to take a guy like Kevin Holland or do you want to, is it for you, is it definitive you want someone in the top five? I mean, I think I, I think I deserve a fight in the top five, you know, like, um, I, I feel like uh, the fight to make now is Darren Till. Like, I feel like me and Darren Till has to have to prove who's the best European fighter, even though I am because like he hasn't <laughs> been fighting for the last 10 months and he hasn't, you know, he hasn't proved nothing in the, in the middle of the division. Like, he, he's like one in three in his last four fights basically and his, his win was a very like it wasn't any dominant he just like he just stole a win from Kelvin again yeah somehow but I don't think he proved that like I'm 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 coming off four wins my last loss which is even I, I don't even see like I don't even recognize it as a loss that, that much to be honest because I came out like perfect uh, like my face wasn't even bothered at all and nothing like me but that was my life my last loss was was at the Zanya and now um, you know, somebody like him is ranked above me with, with one win in the middleweight division. But so, but I think that's the fight to make. I think I like that fight. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I like, I like the matchup. And, um, and, and I think once, once for all, I can, I can claim the number one spot in, in, in Europe for now. You know what I love? And they're probably going to use this, you know, in the, in the future. Like I, it was at the press conference. Uh, it was at the post-fight press conference, and you were saying uh, how Adesanya was like after you guys first fought in a very close fight. Um, he was saying uh, like, "Ah, oh, you'll basically never see Marvin again." And now you're like, "Look, I'm I'm here, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm back. I'm here. I didn't go nowhere. That was fucking awesome. It was like he was writing you off, like I'm the champ now. You'll like you'll never see this guy again, type of thing. And and now look, yeah. now you're right back right. knocking on his door, man." Exactly, exactly. I'm like, I'm like the guy that you kick out of the door, out of the back door, and then two minutes after he's knocking back on the, on the window, like, I'm here, buddy. Still here, buddy. 
It's yeah, that's, I think that's yeah. a fight everybody wants to see. I, I wonder if they give him Whitaker. I mean, I'm always wrong about this shit, too. I always think I know the order it's going to go in, and I'm always – I mean, again, if, if I'm picking, I would say maybe Whitaker, Adesanya next, and, and, and again, you and Costa, and the winner of that fight's the winner of, the, uh, of that fight. That's what I would love to see as, as a fan, right. although I love the Darren Tilt fight, uh, I, too. I don't know. I don't know if they're ready to get – I mean, if it's in the work or what, but like, I've seen a lot of, like, uh, people talking about, like uh, – Whitaker and, and Costa. So that's why I wasn't really like, I'm like, okay, Costa's kind of like already has something going on with Whitaker. That's why I haven't pushed with, with like, you know, with Costa that much anymore. But plus, I, he hasn't even answered back to me. Like, he's kind of like playing, like, he doesn't even see me, which is kind of stupid because <laughs> I'm right there. But, but, um, yeah, whatever, man. To be honest, I think I really love the Darren Till fight. That that's the fight I would like to 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 make. But um, whoever, to be honest, man. You know what? You make sense because uh, as we're talking, I'm forgetting. Aren't they talking? Isn't Adesanya fighting uh, Jan Blahovic? Isn't that what they were yeah. talking about? So if he's yeah. jumping up and wait, th that's going to be a while before he defends middleweight belt again. Uh, so that makes perfect sense. Whitaker, uh, Costa, you and Darren Till. Um, and then you guys are ready when he comes back. Yeah. Or whatever the matchup is. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Blakovich and Adesanya, I think now they're actually scheduled. And uh, if, if Whitaker and, and Costa is on the work, which, by, that, by the way, I think Whitaker will, will smash uh, uh, Costa. And then, um, and then Whitaker will be right there. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't feel, I feel like Whitaker doesn't want to fight Adesanya. So, I definitely want to do it. And, you you can bet it will, it will be a hell of a fight. So after I beat there until that that should be the fight to make me and Adesanya. It is interesting to see too, and Matt and I talk about this a lot too. How somebody responds after a first loss, like when they're undefeated for a while. So it'll be interesting to see how Costa responds uh, after taking that first loss. Does does it kind of break who he thought he was and make him now vulnerable, or or does he come back and just start winning again? Uh, I'm always interested to see the first fight after a loss for an undefeated fighter true true i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's a guy that is gonna take it take that loss very well to be honest he's his confidence was 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 built on like i don't know like strength and then and, and being big and like you know maybe being able to take some some uh some punishment in a sense but all that, all that got, got, got taken away in this last fight. Basically, like being big didn't help him. Uh, taking some damage, he took too much and he broke. And um, and then what else did I say? And then um, Wait, he and knows. then being, being being strong also. Like I mean, you know, strength strength is a good skill to have, but if you just have that, it's definitely not enough. Right. Who's your Lenny from Mice and Men? It worked out for him. <laughs> it did. And, until it didn't, though. It wound up Curly causing him a problem. He huh? took the hand and he crushed it. He did. It's yeah. an, uh, you ever see? Uh, it's, an, it's an American book, and I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> fuck yeah, Marvin. Hey, man, I'm listen. All the guys we're talking about, I'm excited. Yeah. And I agree with you. I don't think Costa, I don't think he handled that that well at all, that loss. What he's saying, the best is afterwards. When he's like, oh, I saw what you did behind me when you pretended to hump me. Now you're in trouble. It's like, hey, dude, you're not really intimidating. I just, you were right in front of me in a cage and now you're getting angry? What the fuck? Yeah. No? yeah. I mean, that, that was definitely disrespectful for my design, but we all know he's not the most like likable guy. I, I don't like him at all. I mean, I, so, you know, you better not lose to that guy or you better not like lose that way because he's going to, 
he's gonna, you know, like, how can I say, like, you know, like, take advantage in a sense. He, he's like, yeah. I could see the coming in a sense, like, you know, he's not, the, he's, he's I, I feel like Adesanya is the kind of guy that will take advantage if he can, you know, so. Yeah. Marvin, we were just talking about, the, I was talking about your grappling and how I was impressed with it. What do you think of the fighters that take these grappling matches like between fights and this and that. And what do you mm-hmm. think about that? Cause I just saw, I just seen the, um, the RDA versus Donald Cerrone match. And I don't know. I, I want to talk about that later with you, Jimmy to Jimmy, but, sure. but what do you think? Yeah, about I mean, that? It's, I guess it's for money, you know, like, I don't think it's for it can't any, be money. can't be that much. Can't be that much. Yeah. So I, I know, I, I know. Probably it's not that much, but uh, yeah, you're you're right, you're right. Like I got offered a few times too, but the money weren't good, and I'm like, man, like it's like if you're in your prime and you're falling, in, in, and I, f- I feel like so. That's that's the thing. If you're if you're in your prime and you you're falling, like you're trying to be the number one of, of what you do, you yeah. shouldn't take those kind of those kind of fights. You know, absolutely at this level, because you know it's funny. I read the headlines and it was like. Or I seen the clip. Oh, um, Donald Cerrone uh, submits uh, RDA like twice because they started from the arm lock or something. But the thing is, it's so misleading because then I watched the match and shit, man, RDA's jujitsu looked phenomenal, looked great. He was pulling guard, going for like X guard sweeps and getting beautiful reversals from bottom. And, and don't get me wrong, Cerrone's hard to submit, so he was getting out of things and getting back up to his feet. But, or, but but this is the problem with this rule set when they do these grappling events, some of them. Yeah, yeah. After a certain time limit, Marvin, they start from an arm lock. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, he got him in an arm lock. But the great Hicks and Gracie said this once to me. He goes, you know, when they talk about the overtime, when they start from the back position or the arm bar, Hickson said, but they didn't conquer that position. And that makes sense. In other words, Donald never passed his guard and got him in an arm lock and finished him. They started from a fucking arm lock. Give RDA yeah. a break. Now the headlines are always submitted him from the yeah, but you started from there, see suckers. I don't know. I get it. Yeah. Always- no, no, you're right. right. They did that rule just because with 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 a problem with the time because they, they started doing like no time and then they started doing 20 minutes and then oh. they were getting draws and draws weren't fair because maybe you know like giving a draw where RDA it's all over done so it's not fair even though I get it but then they did that but it's that's why I don't like it yeah. it's weird because it's a game it's a game it's not it doesn't it doesn't translate to a fight as well as the old school rules which might not be as entertaining in grappling, yeah. you know what I mean? Because no, sure. you know, if, if there was two points you're losing when you go to your back, RDA, they might have just been having a shitty wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like that type yeah. of things. Nobody wants to go to their back. But I don't know. I see something like that. And it doesn't represent the better grappler because that guy didn't his fucking arm. Like I don't know. Right. <laughs> you're right. And I feel like I remember. <laughs> I remember uh, watching one uh, one show a long time ago where Tom Breeze did something like that. And then he got submitted and he, he broke his, his knee and he was out for two years. And man, come on, what would you do such a stupid thing like that? You know, just, just for what? I get it. I get, maybe it's a good experience. But yeah. I mean, come on, man, you're falling, you're falling your dream to be the number one of what you do. You shouldn't do that, you know? And I'm the first one. I, I didn't, but I didn't do the ABI words or anything like that. I just did like I, I, a couple of times when I had like time off between, between fights, I did the, the Nogi words, but. Um, I didn't know the awards. I think the last time I did them was like three years ago or something. But 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it anymore for sure. Yeah, it's inter- it's interesting because you again, the guys who just read the headlines, they're like, wow, man, Donald's probably the better jujitsu yeah. guy. And it's like, man, not by far. And when I saw that, I go, I was impressed right. with RDA's jujitsu. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, no, but, he's RDA. RDA comes and trains with. Uh, I trained with RDA before too. Like RDA jujitsu is legit. Like he goes to Homo too. He's, he's he's super legit. Like Benny, Benny other use RDA. Me and a few other guys, we always go like to, to train the humbles and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, he's solid. He's definitely super solid. Man. Yeah. Well, dude, you got you have all the bases yeah. covered, buddy, and you got the attitude to back it up, which I like. You got that spunk. You're not afraid to make some enemies. Yeah. That. <laughs> right? Kevin Holland, he's putting him in a stroller. He yeah. Hey, man. Kevin Holland, you gotta give props to Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland wins another fight and he calls me out and it makes sense or whatever. Like, I mean, I'm chasing the towel, but if, mm. at one point I feel like that fight will, ha- will have to happen. I'm, I'm going to chase the towel for sure, but I'm, you know, like, to be honest, this, this is actually, nobody knows this, but I think, um, what did happen? I think he texted him. I, know, I, I texted him, actually. I texted him on Instagram or something and I said, uh, I said something like, uh, I don't remember if he texted me or because he texted me a long time ago and I didn't answer. So I texted him back a long time after and I said, Hey man, like if you, if you, um, if you gain your, your, like, if you gain, like, now I'm a little bit ahead of you, but if you get, if you gain your, your spot to fight me, let's, let's do it. I'm more than happy to do it. You know, like at the end of the day, I feel like I, I, I will smash that kid too. You know, like, <laughs> just, he's, he's just like, he's a fighter and he somehow finds way. To win fights, but he's not—he's not a really solid fighter, you know. So uh, the way I fight, he's not really like it's—it's it's, it's a bad matchup, man. But he's winning fights, so props to him. If he gains the spot later on, hopefully I'm already the champ. And if you want to, you know, challenge me, I'm all about it. So let's go. He's got that—he's yeah. got that focus. He's got the hunger and the focus, Jimmy. Yeah, you've looked you looked unstoppable uh, against her, man. I'm like, this is a guy on a mission. That that's how you feel when you're watching you in that last fight. Like, this is a guy who is not going to stop until he gets a title shot. Uh, you, you, it was incredible, and uh, you know we love you, man. And so I, I was really happy for you. And the division is so exciting right now. Any matchup that you're in is not going to be a bad matchup. I mean, any fight you're in is going to be great, whether it's uh, whether it's Till or it's it's, it's Whitaker or Costa. But if they're working on Costa Whitaker, you against Till is probably next. So, um, if it wasn't the Italian Dream, it'd be the Italian Terminator. That's a great name too. Keeps <laughs> yeah. he walks on him, and then he showed us like a less than a week later, he's all fucking healed up. What the hell's in that? What's in that pasta you're eating? <laughs> crazy. I don't know, man. But you know, I grew up on good food. <laughs> Have a good New Year, Marvin. It's it's great talking to you. Thank Enjoy you. your holiday, man. You earned it, and uh, I'm sure we'll hear from you in January or February again. I'm, I'm sure. Well, now maybe. What when do you look at? Maybe March. You think? Uh, since you, you did yeah, March. I think March would be a good day. Yeah, March, yeah. late March. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. It's always great to be on your show. Amen. All right. Have a great New Year. We'll talk to you uh, you. in 2021. All right. Take care, man. Later, Marvin. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, Megan, how are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're doing well. How's, uh, how's your holidays going? It's going great. Thank you. How about yours? Uneventful and weird because of uh, what's been happening all year. It's just a weird, uneventful, you know, it's kind of like I want it to be over just so I don't have to keep looking at what I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Hey, Megan, do you, yeah. you and uh, Joe have any holiday movies you guys like? Do you ever see Christmas Story? Oh, yeah. Uh, he likes that one. I, I'm i not a huge fan. I feel like that's more male-skewed. But what? It might be. It might I agree. Be. They were yeah. funny. His little brother's a spoiled little brat. And uh, <laughs> Ralphie was a pisser, though. Little Ralphie got mounted and started beating the crap out of that yeah. boat. I love that. Yeah, you know, we had that on for, like, a while during Christmas Day. But I, I'm the holiday movie person. I sort of force it on Joe. So, What do you like to watch? Well, my favorite is The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, snap. There's three of them. How I don't think I ever saw there? that. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, and then I like, you know, The Grinch and Elf and White oh, Christmas. Elf, my mom Elf. And I used to watch that. Yeah. Which is the last one? Batman, that's a great holiday movie with Mel Gibson, where uh, he plays Santa Claus. And, and, and Walton, uh, um, uh, Walton Goggins is hired. Uh, some kid hires an assassin to kill Santa Claus because Santa didn't give him what he wanted. It was, it no. came out this year, it was awesome. Uh, Mel Gibson played Santa. Is it a dark, is it a comedy? Yeah, so it's, it's a dark movie and Walton Goggins is amazing. It's really weird and a great movie, it's great. Okay, well, uh, well, we will add that to the list for sure. Yeah, it's not as holiday, it's not as holiday, or like if you like the sled and gifts, <laughs> you might not care for this as much. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's okay. not the most traditional. You should, yeah. yeah. It sounds like kids or no? No, we don't, just a dark. Oh, okay, so that's good. So, so do you, do you normally travel around this time of year? What would you normally do? Well, yeah, I mean, for the past few years, we've actually spent Christmas at home, but I normally try to go home to the East Coast to see my family around Christmas. So usually like the week before. Um, but yeah, this time we just stayed put, um, canceled, you know, a, a lot of the other things we had going on. I, I do some work for the NFL on Fox. So I had to kind of pull back on all that just to make sure we're staying safe and being healthy for the return to fight Island in January. So there's just a lot of moving parts. So yeah, we just stayed home and just like chilled out. Honestly, it was kind of great. Cause we didn't have to, we, there was no obligations to anyone. I just cooked a bunch of food and we ate our faces off. That's nice. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to fight Island. I'm going there too, Jimmy. I don't know if I told you. I don't like it. Yeah, we're doing another show. I don't like that. Matt's always Dana leaving. Dana needs me. Dana needs me. <laughs> you know, Dean Thomas, we have a good time. I'm reading about this new, um, podcast you're doing, Becoming a Fighter. Yeah. And it profiles fighters' lives before they enter the UFC. Now, let me tell you, too, what I watched this morning, okay? And I'm not ashamed to admit that it was waterfalls. I was crying like a little bee. 
Aljamain Sterling Sterling's show is called uh is a is a it's a th- they did a little special on him. My the guy Rory who does looking for a yes. fight. He just texted it to me. I haven't watched it yet. Don't, uh, I'm telling you, maybe because I know him, but oh man, it was it was very powerful. Yeah, I sent I sent a picture with me with tears with a finger to the producer because I'm tight with him because I was watching it as he sent me the link because he told I knew because it was. I have my little routine where I get my, my laptop and I get a seltzer and an espresso and then not, not the detail, but I do my, I handle my business in the morning and I'm in my bathroom and I'm watching my laptop and I'm sipping my stuff. And next thing you know, <laughs> I, I'm too many PMI. Sorry, Megan. Not but at all. I love to know, hear it. <laughs> next thing you know, holy shit, Jimmy, I'm watching it. And I, you know, I'm an emotional guy yes. and, I, and I love Al Joe. He's my buddy. Yes. So then I watched, I knew about his background but, you know, he has like 19 half brothers and sisters and he had a little bit of a rough growing up. But when you see it and then they do like reenactments. Oh, man, I want to give him, I want to fly in Vegas and give him a hug. Wait, now is Aljo, did, did the fighters ever star in their own reenactments or is it all from when they were much younger? Well, it's when he was like, like a, a, oh, a kid. OK. And I'm then, asking because Ali played himself in a movie. It was weird. So it was, it was kind of weird. <laughs> Muhammad Ali played himself in a movie and it was weird. It was uh, I think it was called The Greatest. Oh, you're thinking of Will Smith. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Ali. Yeah, yeah. Ali. No, that was. But no, he did play himself. So I'm like wondering, are they doing any reenactments? If they're using actors, it's okay. Well, listen, if anybody didn't see it, it's not broken. Yeah. Aljamain Sterling. But yeah. now, is that what your show's going to, it's not reenactments, but. No, no. So basically um, it's an idea that I have been annoying our executives about for like two years now. But, um, you know, I just enjoy the storytelling part of our sport because, you know, Certainly being married to an athlete on the roster um, gives you an insight to, to them. And then you, you start to get to know these guys and women on the, on the UFC roster. And you're like, wow, they all have such crazy stories. Like you could really pick any fighter on any given card and give their background story. And it's yeah. always going to be something wild. You know what I mean? Traditionally, you're not going to fight because like you've had like this amazing uh, experience through your youth, you know? And so um, Becoming a Fighter podcast is essentially where um, our fighters narrate in their own words their journey from, you know, their younger years and whether that is, you know, from when they're born all the way through or, you know, middle school, whatever, and how they actually got that opportunity to fight into the UFC octagon. So, you know, we started with Ian Heinish, who, if you guys are familiar with even yes. part of his story, sure. is yeah. absurd. And then we were on, we were recording for like two and a half hours. It just never ended. Like just all the things he went through. He just, he tells it simply, you know, he states it however he best feels is the way to express himself in that journey. And then, you know, it kind of gives people, uh, especially in the circumstances we're in now, you know, an opportunity to be like, wow, if they can do it and if they had all of these challenges, well, certainly so can I. Oh, it's inspiring. Oh, we know Ian, we know Ian, but yeah. give a quick, no, I want them to listen to you the podcast, but give us a quick little rundown. What's going on with Ian? Yeah, so Ian, um, he came from Colorado, like one of the top 10 best places to grow up. It was voted in America, but he um, he was put on a huge dose of Ritalin as a kid. He started drinking at like 13, doing cocaine at like 15. Oh, and sh- then he just had a million opportunities to succeed and somehow it never went his way. Um, you know, he was addicted to drugs. He he was supposed to go to jail for selling um, thousands of ecstasy pills. He was actually caught in this huge sting operation. 
And instead of serving his time, he actually fled the country and ended up going to Europe. He ended up in prison in Spain, came back to America, went to Rikers, and it still doesn't end after Rikers. I mean, his story is just, it's, it's almost like a movie couldn't even thought of it. It's so crazy. There's so many twists and turns where we didn't, I mean, if you were going to add all the details, it'd be like a four hour podcast, but I mean, it is so crazy. And to know Ian, you know, he was, he was ranked. I think he's climbing back into the rankings. Now he's fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Like the guy has, has had, you know, 15 lives and he certainly is grateful for all of them, but he's made this, this journey to not just like, Oh, okay. He's, he's an athlete. He is one of the best fighters on our roster. And it's just, it's just crazy to hear what he went through to get here. And, and Megan, you tell it so well too. And it's got to be like if you do a guy like Ian who does have an amazing story, do you, how much vetting do you do of a fighter? Like, for instance, like all of them have something interesting, but it's hard if you have a guy like Ian or you have like Nganu, who I, I think was sleeping outdoors at yeah. one point, or, and then all of a sudden this one guy, all right, well, I just, I wrestled and I just wanted to fight. So I, I fought. I mean, you're always like, oh, wow, that's just a really quick path. Like, so do you do a little background checking first? Yeah. And, you know, I'm in a really nice position to be pretty comfortable with most of the athletes on our roster, at least know something about them and their story. So, uh, you know, we created sort of a short list of athletes who we know, okay, there's, there's something extra to what it took to get here. Let's, they're great personalities. They're, they'll be able to explain themselves throughout the process. Um, but yeah, there is a, there is a lot of pre-research done. We do a call before the actual, uh, podcast recording and, yeah. You know, we we have we have a list. I probably have like thirty fighters that I'm like, we got to do them next. We have to do them next. But you know, it, it's it's a process, and hopefully, people like the project, so we can continue going. The next episode is actually Rose Namajunas, who uh, has great story. Yeah, a, yeah, tremendous story, and she's such an advocate for mental health uh, mm-hmm. causes and just um, making sure that people are aware of how much your mental health can impact you. And you know, she had a really tough very tough childhood and she became UFC champion and it's the story everyone dreams of right that Cinderella story from rags to riches but um she has a very uh, optimistic way of looking at life but also she's very candid about the things she's gone through I think one time I was interviewing uh, Dominic Cruz I think it was actually on, on another radio show and I think he was talking about depression and he was really really interesting to talk to about that too he was very open about it yeah, he actually is. I think that it's becoming something people are a lot more comfortable talking about. Um, and I think it's something that, again, to fight for a living or or maybe even to compete at the highest level, I do think that you've got to have some battles within as well that, that motivate you and propel you to continue to find success or continue to show up every day when, you know, you're getting your head punched in or whatever it may be or getting tackled all day long. So I think that there are a lot of internal battles with everyone on our roster, but the more they verbalize it and vocalize it, I mean, the more we can normalize it for not just every, all of our athletes, but also just regular people who are struggling, you know? Is this audio, video, or both? It's just audio. Just oh, audio, okay. purely podcast, and it's going to live on your feed right now. That's great. That yeah. is excellent. When, is it, when does it come out? I so wait. Anne's episode came out last week. Um, it's still relatively new and Rose's will come out this week. So fingers crossed everyone likes it. We can continue doing more. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm definitely going to listen. Yeah, because they're both very interesting people. And as soon as you say their names, like, oh, yeah, their stories are great. And they're yeah. involved, uh, you know, and, and, and they're, they're long enough for you like that. That's a really interesting podcast to, to listen to someone just talk about what got them to where they are. Yeah, and I think the 
interesting thing is you don't have to be a fight fan. Like you can know absolutely nothing about fighting and still find the appeal in it. And I think, you know, our fans are so wonderful and they love our sport, but I also think this is an opportunity to kind of explain who our athletes are. I think sometimes if you're not familiar with the sport, you can have this negative perception of maybe who goes into that octagon sometimes when in reality, you know, all of our athletes are just incredible human beings. So this is a great way for people to understand like the journeys they've, they've gone through to get here. And whether you understand what the technique that's going on inside the octagon or you watch your fights or not, it's still, it's still these human stories that are so important. You know, what's so great about this is that it takes it further, <clears throat> excuse me, than the contender, which I love the contender, but the, what I like about the contender and even the ultimate fighter is you get to know more about the fighters. They're not just cavemen. You get to know about, especially the right. contender, because they really kind of get into it. And before the fight starts, you're like, oh, I, I want him to win. Or I like, oh man, I, this guy had it rough. And so this takes it like to the next level of that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for me, like when I do our shows, you'll see me sometimes give like a 30 second synopsis of some facts about the person as they're walking out. And for me, that's like my favorite part of my job is being able to give like a little bit of background information, why you should care. Um, but we only get to do a couple every night and they're, they're limited to like within a 30 second range. So this is a way to really give our athletes a platform and, and for not people like us to explain it or not for us to produce a package, but for them to literally express themselves in whatever words they want to use and however they want to portray that story. It's not like we're summarizing, you know, things for them, or I'm trying to quick get in 30 seconds. Right. Oh my gosh, they told me this incredible story and here it is um in in a little soundbite this is really like in their own words which i think gives them a lot more freedom and and confidence to say what they want to say without having to worry about like their words getting skewed you're really good in those moments too like just as a broadcaster i watch I, like i'm so clumsy and all over the place like i, I would be so awful uh, what no i i would not be but you're so good into camera and i, I always notice that how you time it perfectly like your timing is always amazing so i don't know if they ever cut you off or if they're giving you a countdown, but your timing is very impressive. Oh, thanks. Yeah, they count me in and then it's just all making sure it's memorized. You know, I write it, I rewrite it a million times through the week. I time it out myself and then we rehearse it just to make sure that like the director and producer know when to have the fighters go for their walk. Cause Matt, you know, you're waiting backstage kind of like behind that curtain, the, probably the worst part of the whole night, that anticipation. And then so we just rehearse it. They'll hear my script. I'll say I'll say whatever I'm going to say, and then they figure out on what word they want to release those fighters to start walking. So it's it's up to me to make sure I'm nailing it and and not messing up, not stumbling over my words. That it's perfectly timed, and you know, making it look like I have a teleprompter, even though we don't. <laughs> that, you, that's even more impressive that there's no teleprompter that you yeah. memorize that. That's really impressive. <laughs> Thank you. How did this, you seem very passionate about this. How did it come about? Did you bring this up? They, they approached you with this? Um, about the reports the I do podcast. on the broadcast? The podcast. Oh, the podcast. Uh, no, I, so it's kind of a little bit of both. I had pitched it maybe a year and a half ago to one of my bosses named Chris over at the UFC. And it was actually the example I used was Rose. Um, and I just wanted to have like an extended sit down because again, I think like, I want people to know my husband as not just a great fighter, but also just as this tremendous human being who's overcome so much in his life. And like, look what his life could have been, but look what he made it. So for me, I want to give that opportunity to everybody else on our roster. So it was something that I had pitched a long time ago. You know, it wasn't really in the plan. I don't, you know, there's, you've got a budget for these things. You have to have people who are available to make it happen. And then 
um, they came back around this year and they're like, you want to try it before the end of the year? And I was, I was just so excited. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Blue Duck is, is part of the production. They've helped us with everything. They've been amazing. Um, but it's nice to be able to like kind of get that producer feel as well. And, you know, make sure I'm on the pre-call and we're taking the story in the right direction and help with scripts and edits and stuff for me. Like storytelling is, is my most favorite thing. And I, I love our athletes on this roster. And I think it's so important that they have the opportunity to have their stories heard like, you know, the other big sports in this world. So if I can, if I can add to the positivity of what's happening, uh, you know, with, with those athletes, then I'd like to. You are, we, in the prep, it says uh, that you, that you thought about running for mayor of Las Vegas. Is that true? Were you joking when you said that? Or are you like, it's, it's actually, you have aspirations. No, no. I mean, like in like 30 years, I oh, said that. Okay. And I think I said it, I think I said on the podcast, like that's a long way away, but yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I definitely would love to do that. But like when I'm in like my fifties or sixties, like not anytime soon, it's just kind of like something I aspire to do one day. Many years from now, like when you're Jimmy's age. Oh, Jimmy, I'm like, no, no, dude, you're, it's funny you say that because as I'm she said, it's like, that's how you know you're getting older when somebody goes way in the future. When I'm in my 50s, you're like, oh, shit, I am. Yeah, I, I am the future. And yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if we asked you this already because I don't, again, my memory is so bad. So if we have, but uh, you were Megan Kelly's assistant at one point. Yeah. Uh, which I, I love her. I think she's fantastic. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. She's not back in broadcasting at the moment or is she, uh, is she on air anywhere? You know what? I actually think she might have started a podcast. Um, oh. I was her assistant in 2008, oh, and wow. it was um, super challenging. I mean, she is incredibly intelligent, obviously, as as you can tell, but she's also like very hardworking. And she, you know, I've said this before, but like, I feel like I've learned as much from her as I have, like in my actual education between college and graduate school I mean she just the way she conducts herself the way she does her research just there, there were a lot of things that on and off camera I learned from her and it was not easy I'll tell you that yeah. much but it um I'm so glad I had that experience yeah someone who's easy on you or someone who's easy to work for you probably don't learn as much and you're not forced to do things a certain way but if someone is difficult because they're they're like you know, they're driven it's probably in the long run it probably teaches you more yeah, absolutely. And that was an election year. So that was during the whole election cycle. Um, and oh, so wow. it wasn't just like, okay, she's, she's, you know, got a lot going on and she has this certain level of expectations. It was then, okay, add in that I'm a full-time college student, also working this job full-time six days a week. And then, you know, having all this crazy stuff happening in the world and people on both sides coming in and yeah, it was, it was honestly, like, I don't even know how I did. I was take a 4.12 a.m. train from South Orange, New Jersey, where I went to college at Seton Hall. I'd work all day until, like, I think I took, like, a 1.52 home from Penn Station, back to South Orange, went to school until, like, 8. I had an afternoon class and then evening class and then was a college senior in, in the, the nighttime hours as well. <laughs> so now with all the people, that was at Fox, right? That was at Fox? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with all those people coming in, did you meet anybody there? Was there anybody there that you wanted to meet that you got to meet? Or was there anybody coming in that you're like, oh, shit, that person's here. And I would love to say hello to them. Yeah, well, I mean, this has nothing to do with politics, but they came in and I got sure. to meet them. I was so stoked. But Joe Torre and Derek Jeter. That oh, was yeah. Fun. Yeah, okay. I mean, as a lifelong Yankees fan, that was just like, I do not care what I have that day. I will be available. Yeah. I got to meet them, photos, autographs. Like, it was 
it was every like you know Yankee fan right. dream. So no, that was definitely. Um, but in terms of politics, I mean, at the time, it was really cool to meet Rudy Giuliani. I mean, yeah. it was 2008, you know, September 11th wasn't really that far removed. And right. he was at that point, you know, somebody who was really important to the city of New York. So that was interesting. Um, yeah, it was it was it was just neat to meet everybody. And some left good impressions and some did not. Sure. <laughs> shit, man. New York needs another guy like Giuliani. Holy shit, man. Sorry. No, I, yeah. I, I've heard, I mean, I have a lot of friends just telling me the different things that are going on there. I mean, it's wild. I, we haven't been back since, I don't think I've been there since maybe our last fight in Madison Square Garden last November. And even then I, we were walking for pizza after the show and I was like, Oh, things are different. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy walks around with like nunchucks in his back pocket. I told the Mason would be better. But he yeah. likes do that fucking thing. I do. Yeah. I, I just take him out and I hold him like that. People are like, all right, this guy knows. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's the most intimidating is to pull yeah, on the chain. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, Megan, are you doing anything fun? We know that there's a bunch of Fight Island stuff coming up. I'm bummed that they haven't had fights for three. It's crazy how spoiled we've gotten with fights every weekend. It's like, that's my Saturday night because I'm not doing gigs. So I'm like, I'm watching the fight. And yeah. now for three weeks, I'm like, what do I have to do? I have to interact with people in my personal life and it's awful <laughs> for them and me. So um, are you looking forward to going back? And why do you think they took this three weeks off? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm so looking forward to going back. It feels weird to not have worked this past weekend. I mean, right. I've worked so many in a row, but it's really nice to have a little bit of a break. Our production team works so hard. And it's, right. for the most part, it's all the same people every week. You know, you'll have some people who have to take a weekend off here and there. But I mean, it's it's just this incredible, incredible crew who deserve, you know, a couple of weeks of just being able to breathe for a second. Um, but I think, you know, I think there's there's some things with like the ESPN schedule and, oh. you know, making sure fighters are prepared. And, you know, so I think that, that the three weeks they were like, all right, we can do that. Um, you know, because traditionally there's a lot of bowl games going on. There's a lot of college football, NFL playoffs and stuff. So, um, yeah, but coming back to Fight Island, man, I cannot wait. It, it's weird because... I think everybody was like a little pessimistic about Fight Island the first time. Like, what's this going to be like, you know? But now it feels like home away from home. We've got our routines. We know where everything is. We have our restaurants. So, yeah. I'm going to be on that pool in the nice rooftop pool, Jimmy. Get a nice tan. I'll be sending you pictures, Jimmy. I mean, um, I Well, I, that's really great. Um I'm, I'm ha I want to go to Fight Island. So I think, Megan, maybe you could mention, because you have more pull, I think, because Matt, I've been asking to get me out there. I don't want to do anything for work, though. I just want to go and just eat room service. Okay, okay. I mean, I feel like we could use you there, like a morale. Could you give us, like, a pep talk before the shows or something? Uh, no. I mean, I, I really don't have anything to offer in, in way of positive thinking. <laughs> you might just say, I'm nervous. It might just bring, like, a weird vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen, have a great new year. We love having you on. And good luck with the new podcast. I think it's the stories are interesting. Uh, of course, Ian Heinis, Rose, and whoever else you get. It's an amazing idea for a podcast. And, and you're really great at what you do. So we're fans. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate your time. Matt, I'll see you soon. Jim, we'll see you as well. <laughs> All right, Megan. Have a great new year. And I'll talk to you in 2021. Tell Thanks, Joe guys. we said hi. Tell Joe. Right, Give Joe our best. Take care. I will. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much to Marvin Vittori and, and of course, to Megan Olivi. And listen, thank you to all the unfiltered uh, supporters who Army. have been so good. The Army, uh, who have been very good to us. This is our final show of 2020, and we're back, obviously, next week in full schedule. Goodness, Jimmy, it's true. I did not know that. That's right. And oh, this, my goodness. This so shit pandemic, we are at least seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully... Yeah. Sometime in this coming, you know, six to eight months, things will start to move more normal. But thank you to everyone who supported us and uh, to the guys that we work with, Antonio and all the other guys behind the scenes, um, Zuri and, and all these other guys who have taken great care of us and, and make yes. sure the show gets put on. And thank you to Dana for not firing us. Let me start there. Thanks, Dana, for not firing Matt and I. That's the number one thank oh you. Oh, my God. If he did that, there would be a, people would just... Well, they might get over it eventually. But if they had heard that first, they would be very upset. Uh, they'd be like, well, what the fuck? My DMs right. would be blowing up. <laughs> I miss you already. But, Jimmy, I love yes. you. Happy yeah, I love you, pal. And uh, I'm going to talk to you shortly. I'll talk to you in a bit. Take care, Matt. And thank you, everybody. Have a great new year. And we will talk. Why did I have to hit the table? We'll talk to you uh, next week. Goodbye. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.